Hello everyone, praise the Lord, a new day God has given you and I. I'd like to read today's mass reading, uh, just a part of it, at least the first Samuel chapter 8 verses 4 and so forth. It talks here about, it says here, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and he came to Samuel um, and said to him, behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to govern us like all the other nations or all the nations, right? And so today's readings are basically about, you know, hey, you guys are old, man. Hey, the uh, church is old. It's, you know, needs to get up with the times. We need a king. See, because Samuel... A holy man of God wanted to say the people, let God be your king. Um, but it says here, you know, that people kept uh, asking, give us a king to govern us. And then Samuel began to uh, to warn them. I mean, he said, you know, the Lord said to Samuel, well, listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. And so Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people. Um, and again, they wanted their king, right? Um, and then he warned them all the things that a king would do, um, unlike our God, that a king would basically, you know, take their crops and rule over their sons and daughters, um, place their sons in, in chariots and horsemen, and um, basically uh, 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 their daughters would be uh, perfuming cooks and bakers, um, he'd take the best of their fields and vineyards and olive orchards, um, you know, a tenth of their grain, a tenth of their flocks, take your maidservants and so forth, on and on and on. Bottom line is, the people's response when Samuel warned them was, No, but we will have a king over us that we may also be like all the other nations that our God, that our king and may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles basically saying you know this god thing doesn't work we need to look at the way the world's doing things and adapt to that like look how the world is let's let's uh let's become more uh more with the times this is the same thing that happens today right and even in each of our own lives in a very personal or individual sense is we're stubborn and when we have our mindset on something, we don't want to hear anything contrary, right? We don't want to hear any other thoughts. And so God's, that's why we read the Bible. Without the Bible, we actually become our own God. Without God's word through the church, we become our own God. Meaning what? Um, without the church, basically, we, we can even twist the scriptures to make it mean what we want, right? Um, without the church the magisterium, the, the teaching authority or teaching office of the church. You know, Jesus, that's why he founded uh, Peter and the 12 apostles. And down to this day, there's been, um, we would call apostolic succession, meaning the bishops of the church um, to rule, govern, um, and to sanctify uh, the church, to not make up their own rules, right? But they pass on what was handed on to them by Jesus. So Jesus gave Peter and the Twelve the authority, uh, the, the truth, and then that's been, we call it, handed on from generation to generation to generation. Um, the Bible is the written tradition 
of the church, right? Because the church came before the Bible, not the Bible. Like the Bible didn't fall out of the sky, right, in plastic wrap and everyone started reading and fall. The Bible is the inspired word of God, which the church compiled through the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Because there's many books that were suggested to be part of the Bible that no aren't that aren't a part of the Bible. Why? Because in 397, 393, way back, the early church fathers, the early bishops of the church saw that there was confusion and people weren't sure which books to follow, so they, you know, they held councils. And in these councils, um, they decided which would be what we call today the canon of scripture, okay? And so the the church uh, magisterium um, helps us to understand the scripture. Because, let's be honest, scripture is not always easy to understand. So, just a footnote to all that. But the, the bottom line is what? We're stubborn. We don't want change. You know, we want change that's going to always be in our favor. But God wants change that's going to bring us into heaven. It's going to bring us safely into the harbors of heaven. You know, it's amazing that I'm reading this, but uh, I was looking at the paper this morning. Transgender students will have pathway to play sports. How many of you ever thought that we would come to a day where we would actually be reading in our paper and it would actually be a question that a man who thinks in his mind perhaps that he's a woman, um, this gender dysphoria, meaning there's confusion, right? Um, The body and mind aren't in agreement. um, That we would actually be pushing, (laughs) there would be a push for this man who thinks he's a woman after a certain amount of, hormone therapy or or sex change would then be able to play sports with other girls. Um, I just think it's it's baffling and perplexing that... Talk about confusion. That we are wanting, again, the world wants to basically... Let's make everyone welcome. Let's say, let's let's accept every um, everyone as they are and let them live as they desire to live. That works nowhere in life, right? Think about it. Do we let sports players in the game of football make up their own rules? Do we let lawyers um, in a firm make up their own rules? Do we let uh, uh, carpenters on a job site just decide to take shortcuts or make up their own rules when it comes to certain codes, right? We don't do that. Do we let doctors make up their own rules? Do we allow uh, our children to just make up their own rules? Um, every game in any sporting event has rules because that's what makes the game what it is, right? Uh, any discipline in life, science, biology, uh, um, math, um, music, um, uh, driving on the on the roads. There's always a set of rules to follow, which protect the safety of others and make driving what it's meant to be. 
or make football what it's meant to be or make uh, uh, soccer what it's meant to be or, or make this law firm what it's meant to be or um, this church, for example, right? The church has rules and laws um, that come from the scriptures, that come from Christ. But the purpose of all those is what? To preserve the integrity of the game of football or soccer or the law firm or the church, um, the followers of Christ, uh, whatever it be. But again, the world is very uh, much about uh, eliminating the rules so that um, we can do as we please, right? Basically, eliminate the cross in people's lives. Eliminate all forms of suffering in people's lives. So, in this first reading today, that's exactly what's happened is, you know, the people want their king. They want it their way. And God's saying, no, I have it in a way that's going to help you get to heaven, but it's going to involve some sacrifice. And that's why in the center of every Catholic church, usually, there's a crucifix. Because we look at the crucifix and we're reminded that for us to get to heaven, we have to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We have to enter into um, the life God calls us to live, which is a life of holiness. Where we have to deny our passions and desires. Where, you know, if you're a lawyer in a law firm, you might want to uh, take those shortcuts. And you can, but it's you hide nothing's hidden from God, right? That's going to essentially damage the integrity of that law firm, right? Um, or someone in the church breaks the rule um, of God. It's going to damage the body of Christ, right? Someone on a soccer field um, breaks the rules of the game of soccer. A penalty is thrown, there's consequences, it affects the whole team, it affects the game, right? So there's a standard that we're called to live by. And God wants to give us that standard. Now, these people in the first reading today, they want their own king because they want a king who's going to basically rule over them the way they want to be ruled over um, to give them what they want. You know, and, and just open the newspaper anywhere. There's always examples, you know, of this everywhere. You know, a good example, as I said, is this, this uh, article today and the confusion with, you know, I mean, to allow... A male by birth who thinks he's a girl to play sports with girls or to allow a girl who thinks she's a guy to play sports with guys. It just is very <laughs> confusing and baffling. And then to see the support behind it. Is that helping that male or female get to heaven by letting them continue in that way of life. I'm not saying we reject people. I'm not saying we reject anyone. But I'm saying that we call the lawyers higher, that we call the soccer players higher, that we call the, the church leaders higher, that we call the carpenters higher. We call everyone to the standard. What's our standard? It's the rule of life that God gave us to govern our passions and desires, to glorify His name, to express through our bodies, God's love. God's love through our bodies as male, as female. And so, someone that's transgender, for example, you know, they have a cross to carry. Someone that has a same-sex orientation, they have a cross to carry. 
Someone that's got cancer, they have a cross to carry. Someone, you know, that has a ruler over them or a parent or a boss or a teacher over them that isn't the greatest has a cross to carry. Cross, the cross is our way to salvation. The cross is how we are made into saints. And if we're doing everything we can to eliminate the cross in people's lives, we're actually doing a tremendous disservice to them. God will call you and I to the cross. No cross, no crown, no pain, no gain, no gall, no glory. You can't have a victory in soccer if you don't know the game's rules and follow the rules. You can't have a healthy, uh, uh, successful law firm, at least with integrity and honesty, if you are going to break the rules, right? You can't be a good uh, medical doctor if you're cutting all the corners and making all the... You're not going to be successful in the long run, right? So God is calling us to our knees. He's calling us to what we would say humility, right? We're called to be humble. Now, this is just a, a little reflection on this, but look at your own life. Where are you stubborn, where are you and I like fixed in our way and um, in a lifestyle or a vice, a capital sin perhaps of lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, you know, anger, um, envy? Um, where are you stuck? What 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 sins do we continue to defend? Like we love our sin. What sin do you love more than God? What what's keeping you from the the, taking up your cross. And so God's calling you and I today to be humble. Samuel, a great prophet, a holy man of God, is sent into the people's lives to bring them back to the Lord. But there's, there's, there's resistance. God puts the church um, in our lives. He puts the scriptures in our lives. People that are really living a holy life in our lives. And uh, what happens? We put them to death often, Right? And, and remember, Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, you kill all the prophets. You know, everyone God sends, we, we reject. We want them out of our lives. We don't want to hear it. So God's calling us to be faithful to him in the midst of the challenges we face in our world today, in the midst of the storms that we are um, in this day. So the gospel is not about popularity. The gospel is about people getting to heaven. The gospel is about truth. And so humble yourself. Let us humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and let God be the measure and rule over our lives. Not what I think, not what you think, not what the government thinks, not what our teachers, our bosses, our coaches think. What does God think? Because in the end, when all the dust settles, you will be standing alone with each and like each and every person. You'll stand alone on the day of your judgment before the king. You are a subject of his kingdom. You are in his kingdom. We'll stand before the king of glory, Christ. As a just judge, he will show us our lives where we've disobeyed him, where we've obeyed him. And when we disobeyed him, did we ask for forgiveness? Or did we stand obstinate in our sin? And let's pray that we all repent now because now is a time of mercy. We're in the year of mercy. 
Now is a time of mercy. Go to confession because there's going to come a time where mercy, right, ceases and we now will stand before the just judge. So let's let the Lord be mercy now so that when we stand before him, he'll say, oh, you were disobedient in these ways, but you did ask for forgiveness. And you see there in your life, I gave you forgiveness. And you glorify the mercy of God in doing that. So let's go deeper, brothers and sisters. Let's enter in. You know, Lent's not that far out. What are you going to do for Lent? Now's the time to start thinking about it. God bless you, and may the Lord help you get to heaven, and may you carry your cross like a warrior in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.